What's up, OG fam and first-time fam? Welcome to another edition of Man to Man. I'm David Buzicki, your favorite certified transformational nutrition coach. And today, we are back again with another great guest. Why wouldn't we? This brother is an entrepreneur. He's an influencer, fellow girl dad, also a skateboarder, which I want to see if I have time to squeeze in because uh, <laughs> I got some 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 dealings in the skateboard world. But anyway, in the meantime, let's give it up for my man, the one, the only, the Leighton Cook. What's up, brother? Appreciate it, man. Thank I'm you, man. Just... Appreciate the introduction. It's a good time. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. Um, been looking forward to having you on here since we finally were able to meet in person at that conference with uh, the great Bedros. So um, yeah, bro, there's a lot of places I can start. And I'm going to just start the way I usually start <laughs> with with everybody who comes on here for the first time. we got a special check system and we call it getting man-to-man blue check certified. One question we ask every man, no man has yet to give me the same answer twice. No pressure. Layton, but uh, are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. All right, my man. What does masculinity mean to you? For me, the immediate uh, word that comes to mind when you ask that is, is leadership um, and being able to effectively lead. You know, I think, um, you know, it's, uh, I actually saw, uh, what is his name? I'm forgetting, man. He was, uh, uh, I guess, technically the star next to Michael B. Jordan in, um, in Creed. Jonathan Majors? Uh, Yes. Yeah. He was talking about it and how he was like, man, it's, it's, it's fluid in the sense of it could be a lot of different things. Leadership is the first thing that comes to mind. Um, but it, it also means, you know, bringing a calmness in your household, a structure, uh, which again could be tied back to leadership. And so in my mind, that's what, what it, it, it reminds me of. And, uh, at least one of the most important pillars to me when I think masculinity for sure, especially, you know, me being the leader of my family, I want to make sure that I'm doing that the best way possible. And I really feel like that's showing up in a masculine way. That's a dope answer. Did I nail it? Did I get it? You're certified, my man. You're certified. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're in. You're in the club. Cool. And I, and I love that because you know, you're talking about leadership on your YouTube channel in particular. There's a lot, well, YouTube, TikTok, all your socials, really. You, um, you give a lot of great tips, uh, not good tips, I think great tips for men. And, you know, in particular, one thing, if you don't mind speaking to it a little bit, I feel like I've heard you say this. So please correct me if I'm wrong. When you and I spoke last in person where, but you had mentioned something about your dad and you mentioned something about your dad, you know, not effectively not being around for your formative years. Can you speak to that and how that possibly impacted you now taking 100%. this approach yeah oh yeah 100 percent. it was is literally the reason why i started making content uh the content that i that i make because uh him not being there i guess it's important for me to tell the story the 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 shorter version is um my dad uh even before i was born actually especially before i was born um had a life of in and out of you know in the system you know getting in trouble doing things he wasn't supposed to you know selling you know i'll let you kind of fill in the blanks and so he was kind of in and out met my mom you know, they started getting more serious. Um, they knew they wanted to get married and, and you know, get the, the picket fence and the dog and the kids and the whole the minivan, all that stuff, that <laughs> lifestyle. Yeah. And uh, my mom was uh, just starting out of being a registered nurse. And so before that, you know, obviously as a student, you're not making money. But then when she started making money, 
her making money in congruence with my dad trying to give that life up because I was on the way. Yeah. Now she was in a position where she was making more money and he wasn't. And a lot of that, I feel like there was some insecurity that came with that. And so he struggled with it. He loved me. He loved being with me, but he hated the idea of even being perceived as a stay at home dad. And so my mom, remember she made it, me and my dad did a podcast actually on forgiveness um, because he was gone from when I was 10 months old all the way up until he just came home in the end, uh, the beginning of 2020, right before the pandemic. And so I was 20, uh, he was gone for 24 years. Wow. Right. And so, um, so he just came home just a couple years ago, but we did a podcast on forgiveness. And so that's out there too. Um, but anyways, all that to say, that was a, that was a tough time for him. You know, my mom and him got in an argument about something about money and she was like, yeah, well, you know, you can't run up the phone bill or whatever it is anymore. Cause we don't have it like that anymore, whatever. And so I, we could have it like that again. We could have it like that. And so he's kind of like almost like taking it as a challenge. We could we could get back to that, whatever. And so she said she called him, you know, some names, called him out of his name, names that no man wants to be called by their by the women. You don't want to look like you're feminine or not the leader by any means. And that put him in a spot of like, you know, feeling insecure and said, all right, cool, let's let's go back and get to the bag. So he did that. He got caught up. It was a home invasion. And a uh, couple, you know, I say boys, but they're not really his boys because you know, some other stuff happened and, you know, they're not, they're not really there from like that. But anyways, him and his boys went on this mission, got caught up. And out of them, I think it was four of them. He was the only one that got caught and he got 30 years. And so, uh, and so he ended up getting home a little bit earlier, but still it was like, boom, judge <laughs> slammed the gavel down and say 30 years, man, it's a wrap. You're not learning. Right. Yeah. So anyways, that was tough for me in, in all kinds of different ways. I man, I remember a lot of days or a lot of nights, you know, being a little kid, just like crying myself to sleep, just like, man, I miss my dad. And, you know, why does everybody else have their dad and all this stuff in elementary school, like making a, a Father's Day, um, you know, presents. And I know they're going to go home and give their gift to their dad, but I'm kind of just making the story in my mind, like, oh, I'll give it to him one day, whatever. So it's tough, right? All that being said, I had to figure out how to learn some of these, you know, uh, I guess, masculine habits and and traditions on my own. And so I started reading, watching a lot of YouTube, you know, looking up to just different online virtual mentors, you know, via YouTube. Yeah. And uh, I learned a lot. And so now I wanted to give back and pay it forward and, you know, share some of these things with the, the next generation. Um, and so really my dad not being there was, was literally the catalyst of, you know, these businesses moving forward. Amazing. You know, I feel that so many times the... <laughs> I'll say the good ones like yourself that take tragedy into triumph, trauma in, in particular, because that was traumatic in a lot of ways. And, you know, trauma comes in many different forms. And the fact that you have this mission as a result, and I feel like that mission is also, you know, somewhat cathartic. It's like, like you said, you're giving back for what you didn't have. So, you want to ensure the next generation is able to have that. That's amazing. You also brought up forgiveness now, <laughs> um, and you brought up the conversation you have with your dad. So I, you know, I'd love to dig in a little bit deeper. I mean, the fact that you were able to have a conversation with your dad after he was out of your life for twenty-four ish years, he comes back into your life. You have this sit down with him in front of a camera to share with, I mean, the world effectively, right? YouTube. How was that for you? Yeah, it was crazy, man. Like, 
like, let me give a better description than just the word crazy, but it was like so many different emotions, man. It was like, sure. uh, you know, we had kind of already had the conversation before Aaron and, and, and kind of how it happened was, um, as I said, he came back in the very beginning of 2020. Um, I believe it was like, you know, like the very beginning of February, but you guys know what happened a couple weeks before that, uh, or even just maybe a week, it was Kobe passed away. And I remember being on the freeway. And I was on the phone with him and we were having, there there are different conversations now that he's coming, he's closer to coming home because all throughout my childhood, I'd heard him like, man, you never know, you know, I'll be coming home soon. He kind of always have this, like he wanted to surprise us. And my, and I, as I started to get older, because in the beginning when I was younger, I appreciated that. I was like, man, like the mystery, maybe he's coming home, you know, this time. And uh, he just, he wasn't, it wasn't his time. And as I got older, I kind of get tired of that, man. Man, just tell me the date, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm not playing games. Like, I'm not a little kid anymore. Like, what's up? How, many, how much time you have, right? And uh, he still wouldn't tell me, but I knew that we we're getting closer. And so on this one call, I knew he was getting really close because he asked me to pick him up. He said, hey, I need, you know, I'm going to need you to pick me up. And, and so it was a different conversation. And like, literally, man, like a couple of days before that, Kobe had passed and that was that had been on my mind because even though I'm not even a huge basketball fan like that um Kobe is a staple in, in pretty much everyone's community he's a he's a hero in a lot of people's eyes and so when he passed away that 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 affected me in a different way I was watching all his interviews again and all this stuff right and I told my dad I said hey um I don't know how this is going to work I have a lot of frustration um mm. I'm still angry you know you've missed a lot um, high school graduation, my wedding, my, the birth of my first daughter and all these different things. I kind of went down the list, but I said, um, Hey, uh, you know, you never know when you're going to go. Uh, there's a lot of people that have passed and we've seen, you know, RIP to this person and that person. But for some reason with Kobe, that really was like, you never know, man. And especially that he passed away with his daughter. I was like, uh, I don't want to ever hold on to any kind of grudge or negativity or anything like that. You don't, you just never know. And so, Hey, when you come home, Let's start from a clean slate. I just want to be fresh. Let's start from square one. Um, I want to get to the point where we can become best friends. And uh, really, it happened within like a week, maybe. You know, we were already like talking about all kinds of things that I don't even talk about with my mom. I was comfortable talking to him about and all this stuff. And it was it was crazy, man. It was just literally getting to the point of like, hey, I, I don't know how this is going to work, but I don't want to hold on to this. I, I know you don't want to hold on to this. Let's move on. The past is the past. We can't get those 24 years back, but we can build upon what we have in front of us. And so that's just kind of how it went. <laughs> I, I'd love to know, you know, for you, I mean, with all of that said, where do you think men and practicing forgiveness, <laughs> I mean, I, clearly it's, it's of impor- utmost importance. Is this something that you have spoken to or provided, you know, what, one of your, your tips around or conversations around is, is there something more there around it? Cause look, I, yeah, I I've had my dealings with my father. We've had this on and off kind of estranged relationship where granted in my life, but not always effective, not like really in my life and not, you know, physically there. And, you know, when I was a kid, yes, he was amazing. And yeah. And then fast forward, like the past 10, 15 years, just estranged, like he didn't come to my wedding. I still don't know to this day why he, he chose not to, he went to my younger brother's wedding, didn't come to mine. I don't know, but there's a lot of there's a lot there. And then there was just a point for a good number of years. I thought this would last for the rest of my life where we just didn't talk anymore. 
Then I went down the path of forgiving, which I'm still doing. I'm not 100 percent forgive, uh, you know, forgiving of all the things he did. Uh, I'm not sure if you are, if you're dad, but I just, you know, I, I feel like it's big because a lot of us men do not do that. Number one, right? We we harbor, we find other ways, we find vices, drinking, gambling, doing, you know, whatever. But whatever those vices may be, I mean, even emotional eating and I mean, it goes in so many different directions and Ken blowing up and getting angry. And um, I think that's a lot of times where this toxic masculinity idea comes from, I, I think, because just a lot of men harbor those feelings and there's no outlet. And instead they go for these vices or they go for the way that they know, which is just burst out, yell, scream, rage, do something physical, get that energy out. I think at this point, I'm, <laughs> I'm just I'm really speaking to my own personal experience and, and commentary on it. But I do, you know, my, my whole point here is forgiving men, being able to forgive and understand it and practice it, I think is critical uh, now more than ever. And you alluding to leadership, leadership and family, leadership in just how you show up in the world. But I think, you know, family in particular, um, we're both girl dads. I'm actually wearing my, uh, <laughs> I, I had drop off this morning and she gave me a Berenstain sticker and put That's it dope. on. She, she put it on my hoodie and I was like, I'm leaving it for the day. Yeah, so when oh, she comes sure. back, I want her to know daddy's been rocking it all day proudly. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Thank you. And I, I, you know, just in general, I just, you know, want to ask you, like, how has this experience of forgiving your dad influenced you, if at all, mm -hmm. uh, with now how you approach raising your daughter? Yeah, man. I mean, first of all, forgiveness is everything, man, whether it's it's male or female, you can't, the, the way that I, I think about it, and actually what I was thinking about when I took the the step forward to forgive my dad and kind of leading that conversation was, um, I have a very, like a very big, very big goals. I have very big goals and dreams and it's going to take a lot to get there. And I understand that. And I can't get to where I'm trying to get to and be the kind of leader I'm trying to be if I'm holding stuff, uh, you know, holding grudges with anybody. I don't, it doesn't have to be my dad. It can be someone from the third grade who, you know, wronged me or, you know, whoever, like you just be, you, you just don't want to have any kind of negative energy holding you down, weighing you down. That's like an anchor. And uh, this was the biggest anchor in my life was the relationship with my dad and and uh, you know or the lack thereof. And so this was kind of a, a way to kind of let that anchor go and be able to just keep going and ascend and ascend it to the top. Because um, one of the important important lessons I learned from Bezos was if you're trying to get to a certain place, you have to be willing to do absolutely anything to get there. And um, this was one of the things that I believed needed to be done to be able to accomplish A, B, or C. And so that was another thing that I had in mind leading up to that conversation was, I understand this conversation is going to have to happen at some point. I'm not really sure when or if I'm ready for it, but I'll do the best I can. And so when it came time to have that conversation, I felt that I was, I was more ready than, than ever. I was actually excited to have it. I was excited to move past this. You know, when I was uh, younger, I was very hurt, you know, and, and not to say that I wasn't hurt in my teenage years, but you were a little bit more, you're a little bit more aggressive. You're frustrated. Now you have you know, you're going through puberty, all this stuff. Now you're, you're mad. It's not like you're sad anymore, but you're just, you're mad, right? Yeah, yeah. It's both, but really like you show it outwardly as anger. And, um, and so that's kind of what it, what it was. 
Um, but as I got older, I realized, well, okay, well, I'm in the next phase of my life. I have little ones of my own. My, my, my youngest daughter, she was already here. And then uh, my wife, Betsy, was pregnant again. Um, and so I was like, hey, I got two little girls. Um, I want them to know their grandfather. I want them to have a great relationship. They're not even going to know about his past unless we tell them. And so I want to be able to gift them that uh, and not have them have any pain or hurt that I went through. And so it's kind of, it was a way for me to, number one, be a leader, um, also to practice um, control of one's emotions and, and be like, hey, I understand that what I'm feeling right now is very real. It's a real emotion, but let's do this for the better of the rest of the family. So there was that. And then also, too, just making sure that my, my daughters didn't feel a fraction of what I felt. And so I don't want them to ever feel a void of missing their grandpa. Well, I know my grandpa on my mom's side. What about, you know, what about your dad, dad? You know what I'm saying? I didn't want any of that. And so this was a, there was a lot of things going on. But um, all that to say, this is just a golden opportunity for me to practice, you know, learning some of these skills I'm trying to teach to the next guys anyways. I love that. Love that. Thank you for that. So in, in these skills, um, I mean, you, you talk about a lot of things, being more presentable, being trustworthy, self-discipline, and then, you know, like you continue to do in this conversation, which I, I, I love uh, and, and appreciate you for doing this, you know, you talk about some of your vulnerabilities and that's something you've been sharing, you've been sharing more and more uh, socially, Instagram and, and again, TikTok and YouTube and such. Um, anxiety in particular. There's one story, I've heard it, I'd love for you to, to tell the listeners about and viewers about this one moment in particular, you, you alluded to your wife and, and um, your wife being pregnant. And that's what this anxiety uh, story uh, kind of revolves around. Would you mind sharing that story? Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. No problem at all. So, um, so basically, uh, to kind of lay the foundation of the story, I have always, and this is something I still struggle with, it's gotten a lot better, but still struggle with the anxiety of anything as it pertains to the hospital. Not good at drawing blood, getting shots, you know, just being in there, man. It's just like, it just, nah, man, it's just not for me, right? This came from, at least what I believe it came from, was when I was, I want to say maybe five or six, I had to get some shots. Didn't like the doctor then, but there wasn't really any real trauma then. It was just, I just didn't like it. But had to get shots. I didn't want to do it. So I'm running around the room and the doctor's chasing me around. It was probably way more violent in my head than really what was going on. But I'm running around the room and he's chasing <laughs> yeah. me with this needle. And he kind of looks at my mom and he gives her the head nod like, you're going to have to hold him down. And I look at her, the woman that I trust, the one person I trust over everybody, she, yeah. she does hold me down and he gives me the shot. And I'm like, ah, like freaking out. Like it's so crazy. Whatever, right? <laughs> so again, yeah, probably way worse in my head than really what happened. But that's kind of what happened. I think that's where that trauma came from. So fast forward uh, to uh, my wife being pregnant, exciting news, but terrifying at the same time for me because I'm like, man, I'm excited, but like, we're going to spend a lot of time over these next nine months in the hospital, different visits, checkups, the birth, what's going to happen. Like I'm going to, I'm for sure going to pass out all these different things right in my mind. And so uh, that was my attitude going into it. Not a great attitude, but this is just being, me being realistic and knowing myself. Sure. Sure. So uh, the first OBGYN visit, the first one, man, I wish I was lying on this, but the first visit, <laughs> we go and I'm like looking up, actually prior to going, I was looking up all these different ways on how to help your anxiety when you're, when you're, in, when you're in a stressful situation. So I was looking up yeah. different ways to help um, 
you know, kind of curb my anxiety for this, for this visit. And um, for the most part, it was working. I was proud of myself. I was in there. We were talking to the doctor. You know, they did the ultra, first ultrasound. We got to see the baby and she wasn't even obviously developed yet. We just kind of got to see, you know, uh, her moving around. And we're like, wow, this is crazy. And we're, you know, it's just this awesome moment, right? And I'm, and I'm even more excited because I'm happy about this moment, but I'm also happy that I'm here and I don't even feel anxiety at all. I don't feel the pins and needles. I don't feel anything. Awesome. So when you leave that room with the doctor, then you go in to the next room with the nurse and she just gives you the do's and don'ts of pregnancy. Hey, don't eat this food. Stay away from this food. Uh, make sure you're walking every day, you know, kind of the, the list, the little packet they give you. So she's going down the list. One of the things she says is she says, hey, um, you know, just guys, just be careful with salty foods. Um, because sometimes with salty foods, like the little, the baby's veins are well, basically, she was saying everything that you eat, the baby gets, right? And salty, uh, salty foods can have the little salt grains sometimes for a little baby's veins are paper thin and salt can't pass through those little veins. And so it can cause the veins to burst. And like the way she said it was so descriptive. I literally visualized it in my mind. I said, oh, hell no. Mm. I, was, I was feeling good. <laughs> I was doing so good. And then I started visualizing it and then my heart starts beating faster. And I'm like, oh, snap. Mm. And I can feel my breath mm. start to get, you know, a little bit, a little bit heavier. And then, um, and then I start to sweat a little bit and I'm like, okay, hold on. Let me, let me figure this out. Let me just pretend I got a business call. So I pull my phone out. I say, Hey, real quick, I got to step in the hallway. I got to take this call real quick. I said, Oh yeah, no problem. Right. I walk outside. They have no idea what's going on. I walk outside and I'm like pacing back and forth in the hallway. And I'm just, it's probably making me even more nervous because I'm pacing back and forth. I'm like, come on, man, like slap myself. Like, come on, baby, you got this. It's all good. It's just words. Like nothing even happened. The baby's fine. And so uh, anyways, one thing led to another. I was trying to make myself feel better. It wasn't working. And so I saw a bathroom maybe about 15 feet away. And so I was like, hey, let me just, you know, and and obviously pregnant women go to the OBGYN, obviously. So it was only a one person bathroom. So I, I was like, hey, I can go in the bathroom, be by myself for a second, splash some water in my face. I don't have to worry about you know, anybody coming in or whatever, I can just focus, I'll be fine. So I walked to the bathroom. And as I walk over there, the 15 feet hallway turned into 150 feet. I said, Oh, no, I'm not okay, man. I've never even seen this before. Like I've had panic attacks, but I never seen that. It was like some Alice in Wonderland type. I don't even know. So he started walking over on this football field of a, of a hallway to the bathroom. And uh, legs start wobbling. And then before I know it, boom, I was freaking out, man. I, I woke mm. up and my legs were being dragged in front of me. I just saw my converse being dragged on the floor, all floppy <laughs> on, the, on the ground. I had the doctor that, that gave us the uh, the uh, the ultrasound on my left armpit underneath there, the nurse on the other side, and they're dragging me. And I just hear like, yeah, get him on the table. Get him some sugar. We need some juice. Like, did it da this and that. I was like, what happened? I got a crazy headache. I just don't even know what happened, man. So um, that's what happened. And, uh, and, and yeah, it was, it was crazy, man. But- because of that, that was the lowest I think I've ever felt in my life because mm. I felt less of a man. I feel like I wasn't there for her, mm. even though there wasn't really a moment for me to need to be there for just being a man. We kind of have this, it's factory installed in us to feel like we need to be there for our partner in all, in all, in all things. And so even in sometimes when you, in some instances when you don't need to be, you feel like you failed because you weren't. And so um, I felt really low, man. And I felt embarrassed. Um, you know, I felt like, um, she was going to look at me differently. And I was like, man, like I, this was so simple. The, the doctor, the nurse just said some words and it caused me to pass out. What is she going to think about me? I feel less of a man, all this stuff. Right. And, uh, and, 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 you know, my wife is not that kind of 
women and we worked through it. She helped me out and it was amazing. But in the moment, my mind took me to a million negative, you know, places where it was like, well, maybe she thinks this, maybe that. Well, dude, how are you going to go to the next visit? You got another 20 to go with over these la- these next 20 months, right? Or nine months. So yeah, man, it was, it was difficult, but that's in a nutshell what happened with my anxiety and, uh, you know, getting the best of me and ultimately passing out in the, in the hallway of the, of the, of the doctor's office. That's so wild. Do have you since, have you done things to address your anxiety? Have you also realized if you have anxiety just out of hospital situations? Good question. So yes, on the first part, as far as doing different things that kind of, uh, you know, get over it, you know, been to doctor visits for myself. Uh, obviously I had the rest of the term to go with her to, for their other visits. And I was fine during those. And, um, and so it was, it was, it was great, but, um, it was difficult though. It was a difficult time for sure. I gotten my blood drawn since then. I got, cause I got a couple of life insurance policies. So you got to get a physical for that. Very nervous for that. When, when the person was coming to our house to take my labs, but everything was fine. You know, I think, um, actually not, I don't think I know that anxiety is all in your head, but it, your brain is so powerful. It will make you feel physical things up with your body. And so it's, 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 uh, you get control of your mind, man, you'll, you'll be okay. But it just takes a lot of, uh, practice, you know, maybe going to therapy. Um, I'm definitely a person that recommends going to therapy, anything you can, you know, there, there's no tools off limits, man. These tools are all here for us for a reason. And so any guy that said, I'm not going to therapy and sitting on the couch and crying, whatever, I'm not saying you got to cry, man, but you better talk. Right. Right. Um, you also uh, do a little coaching yourself on the topics that you bring up. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yep. What do you help men with or what is your approach to that? Is it just being a better man overall? Basically, yeah, in a nutshell. So I like helping them in the in the areas of confidence because I believe that a man that's confident in himself and his capabilities, uh, that'll bleed into everything else. That'll help you have better relationships. Um, you will work better. You'll be more effective in the gym. You know, if you have belief in yourself, like again, even in the gym, because you might be thinking, how would that help you there? I mean, when you get under that weight, I want you to feel confident in your abilities and be able to, whatever you take off the rack, you're going to be able to put back on. And so um, confidence is everything, man. And, and, and another reason why it's so important to me is because my mom uh, installed that in me at a young age. Like when I, in, in elementary school, she taught a self-esteem class hmm. um, and she came to my school and she would teach i think it was every i mean obviously it's been so long ago i can't remember the schedule the timeline but i remember she would come every week and she would teach the kids about self-esteem and loving themselves and and whatnot and so i got all those lessons very early on so even though um, i was missing my dad i i was confident in my own abilities that hey even though he's not here i'll be able to i'll be okay and i'll be able to exceed far past even people that have both their parents in their house because of the lessons my mom taught me so i teach um, young men about confidence and and really becoming that person, the, not even the 2.0, the 10.0 version of themselves, so they can go and just crush their accomplishments and their goals, man. Dope. I love that. I love that. You know, for me, that leads to something I'm very interested in. And, you know, like I always say at the top of this with coaching, my nutritional approach, it's not just eating. It's mental, physical, spiritual approach. And I look to mental health uh, specifically. So this, you know, for me, this comes to mindset, having a winning mindset. And again, I know you a, a, a little bit more than um, what we've been talking about so far. And I know some of your influences and some of the things you've even been saying during our conversation right now leads to, again, this mindset, like 
confidence is a mindset, right? The the self-esteem that you learned from your mom, which I think is dope. And it's <laughs> it's one of those amazing intangibles that I know you probably know this already, but when you can look back sometimes and be like, damn, like in the moment, you're probably like, what whatever, whatever, self-esteem, blah, 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 whatever. What is this, you know, that you're teaching me? Hindsight, you look back and you're like, damn, that's one of those gems that probably just sat in your subconscious. And lo and behold, you know, we have the the confident Leighton in front of us, but it's a result of, you know, that's one of the things that that's been um seated in, in your mental years ago. And now you've just, you know, may have been dormant, but you've been awakening that, uh, awakening that, excuse me, over the years. So I love that. And I also just love connecting dots like that and seeing those things being connected. Um, yeah, back to mindset. So it ain't easy for everybody, right? Uh, <laughs> and just like in sports or whatever, it, they say the majority of the time, it's all mental, right? And once you can get your mental right, you can get a lot of other things uh, correct. Anxiety, same thing. Um, but there are other aspects to yourself that lead to improvement. So for me, I'm just kind of, I'm leading into, you know, what are you doing? What do you do as Leighton to improve your, your mindset, mind, soul, and or body? What, what does that look like in a daily uh, routine for yourself? Yeah, for sure. Great question, man. So it really comes from, for me, doing absolutely anything I can every single day to test myself um, in whatever situation uh, that can be um, immediately comes to mind is the gym. You know, that's where, that's where a lot of people get a lot of mindset training. You think, well, you're going there to lift weights for your body, for your, you know, the, for your physique. Um, yes, but that's partially right because you're also training your mind. You know, if you, number one, there are going to be a lot of days you don't want to get up and go to the gym. So what happens when you get up anyways and you go, you're building mental toughness. So that's number one. Number two, you have to be able to control your mind when you're lifting those weights because as soon as you, man, it's crazy. One of my coaches, Nate, he taught me this. He says, if you can control your face, like your, what you, the faces you make while you're lifting weights, you'll be able to lift a lot heavier. I said, what do you mean? He says, you ever know when, you know, when you're lifting, you're curling or pressing, whatever you're doing, and you start to get that, that, that rep where you get that, that face where you're like, just like, just like struggling, right? You're just getting that weight up. When you do that, your mind is saying, oh, this is hard. This is heavy. I can't go another rep. But if you can control your face to be like, there's nothing. <laughs> I'm doing it. You'll get a couple more out. That's how powerful your mind is. And so that is, is literally directly uh, related to what you can do physically. So your mind controls everything. Um, so the gym is, is one of the first things I think of um, <laughs> with my girls. I'm going to keep it all the way 100. Like I always do on my own content. Having patience with uh, my wife and kids sometimes. Like I am, you know, very nice, uh, very nice person in general. But there are times, man, where you're just like, they're just testing you and it's, it's tough. Yeah. There's yeah. some other mindset, uh, uh, you know, training for you. And so there's all kinds of different things that you can use. And if, you, if you choose to look at it, that perspective, you can choose, you know, you can look at it, uh, a million different tests that you have right in front of you. You just didn't even realize it because you probably looked at it the wrong way. You looked at it. This is, this is hard. This is adversity. This is, this is, oh, it's nothing. It's not even a big deal. It is if you look at it as a big deal. Hey, this is a good opportunity to practice this. As I said earlier, you know, with my dad and forgiving him, that was a perfect opportunity to practice leading and, um, you know, some of these skills that I'm trying to teach everybody else. And so there's an opportunity every single day, I'd argue multiple times a day 
um, to practice strengthening your mind. And so the gym, uh, my family, um, you know, um, even, you know, with work and business, making sure that I, I, you know, do the best I can there. Like it's all mindset training. Mm, love it. Love it. Or can you share, is there any specific routine you do on a daily basis that sets you up mentally to get yourself ready for the day? I know Jim's going to be in there. Of course. Yeah. Jim is definitely <laughs> the first one. Um, actually, it's not the first one. That would be a lie. Hmm. The first one is it starts the day before. So you got to get prepared the day before. Uh, so I have my um, clothes set out the day before. So literally, I don't have to do any, I don't need to make any decisions, unnecessary decisions in the morning. I literally just, I go downstairs, my clothes are already laid out. I have my food set out for the day before, put in my backpack, um, you know, whatever I need to eat uh, in order to get to the gym and, and, you know, have a good workout. So all that's prepared the day before. So actually, you know, you know a good, productive, successful day starts the day before. Have everything set up for the next day. Then in the morning, go crush a workout first thing. And, and you're off to the races. But that, those are the, the most important things to me. If I don't get a workout and I don't prepare my day before, it's, it's tough. Yeah, nah, I hear you. Um, and I'm with you. I, you know, even you mentioning the, uh, you know, kind of this uh, mental stamina and resilience that you build through the gym going when you don't want to go. This morning was one of those mornings in LA where, you know, we just have the year of rain. The and, weather, um, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Weather bothers you. Oh, it's cold and it's rainy and it's five in the morning. I just, that's the only time I can have to carve out for myself to get to the gym is that alarm clock goes off at, actually it goes off at 4.59 a.m. for me to be able to get up. So I feel like I'm ahead of the game in that way. Good to go. Yeah. So that's my little mental trick also. It's like not 5 a.m., 4.59 a.m. There it is. I'm up ahead of the game. Get ahead of it. And and yeah. And again, once you do, once you commit, you've built that mental toughness, you've built that mental stamina, your mindset becomes more focused on doing a thing than actually doing the thing. Mm -hmm. gives you all the health benefits. It gives you the clarity, the focus, the dopamine hit. I mean, I can go on and on and on and on. You know that. So I love that. And, and another thing too, I'll add too, man, when you were speaking was remembering to be grateful. You know, remember to be grateful for the things that you have, you know, the car that you're driving to go to the gym, um, or maybe you don't have a car, you're riding a bike. Be grateful for that. You know, when we have sunny days, be grateful for that. When it rains, be grateful for that because California's in a drought all the time, so to speak. Right, right. So there's, right. there's so many things to be grateful for, man, your relationships and things like that. And, you know, as I just said before, sometimes it's easy to um, be frustrated with some of those people, your, your family, your, your spouse, your kids, or your, your coworkers, whatever. But if you can kind of change, you can pivot, you can change your perspective on these people or the, at least their relationships to you you'll have a much better day because you're, you're thinking about it in a positive way versus these people are trying to make me mad. They're trying to annoy me. She knew what she was doing when she said <laughs> right, that, whatever. Right, That's right. very easy to do. Uh, but if you can kind of just shift your mind and say, hey, give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe that was an accident. They're just kids, whatever it is, and be grateful for them. Say, hey, man, they're not going to be that small forever. You know, that there's going to be, that we'll have different um, things to deal with in the future. But right now, let me enjoy this right here. And so, that's something that I have to practice every single day. I'll tell you guys straight out, it's not easy. But that's the thing that I, I focus on every single day of, of trying to get better with is um, just being more grateful, man. Being more present in the moment, not being on my phone all the time. You know, there's just some, there's some couple things. But anyways, throughout your day, remembering to be grateful 
is, is another really uh, key point as well. I love that. And I'm glad you brought that up because that's just a whole other conversation I can and pathway I can go down um, because it's something I've learned, especially as a dad, you, you, you know, keep alluding to the father dynamic and that's something just repositioning the, oh my God, they're getting on my nerves. They're testing me where you change it around and you're saying, maybe they just want my attention. Mm-hmm. Maybe they, they can't communicate. They're only X amount of years old. Right. They don't have the faculties to communicate the way we can. Some of us as adults still don't know how to communicate right, right. <laughs> to each other. You know what I mean? So, you know, my daughter just turned five and, you know, she's evolving so awesome. in, ter- in terms of, thank you, in terms of how she can communicate and how she can tell me what she wants. And the moment that switch and that light bulb went on in my head where I said, oh, she's just trying to communicate with mm-hmm. me. I mean, and and the same thing, you know, even with uh, with relationships and, you know, your wife, my wife, and, you know, <laughs> you bring it up the testing thing also. Yeah. They're just trying to communicate. We're trying to communicate back. Right. And maybe, you know, we need to pause. We need to be more present. We need to be aware of not necessarily just what they're saying verbally, but their cues, their physical cues, mm-hmm. emotionally, what were they going through? Maybe they went through, maybe they had a day exactly. and then they came back, exactly. you know what I mean? Yeah. To more of a day that just continues and weighs on them. So there is a lot to your point. I, I think, you know, everything you mentioned, gratitude, being more present, getting off the social media. And if you're on the social media, my quick tip that I've started doing is I always put a timer. So if it's not anything for my business or for advancing myself or what I'm working on, you put that timer on. When it goes ding, that's it. Mm-hmm. Tap out. Done. I don't care how great the story is. I don't <laughs> care how great right. the viral TikTok dance is. It's time to stop dancing. Put the phone down and put your efforts where you need to. Um, yeah. Now, now you got the, again, coach fired up in me. So there it is, man. There it is. <laughs> I feel, I, I feel like we could do the coaching and coaching. Exactly. Now. Exactly. To your point though, I also think it'd be a tool too, man. Like I, I use social media as a tool to have even more fun with, with the kids. And that, that's not all we do. Obviously we go outside just on my stories yesterday, I was building this freaking trampoline for my daughter. So it's definitely, we're active. Right. Um, but one of the things we like doing is, is watching funny videos on, on TikTok and, you know, people falling and, you know, jokes or whatever. And so that's kind of a, um, a little time that we do together. We just scroll, we just laugh at videos and we just bust up. Like that's what me and my wife used to do when we were dating. Um, and, and it was funny because, um, uh, I would go over to their house and she obviously used to live with her parents and, uh, we just hang out in her room. We just be laughing the whole time. And their parents thought that was so cool. Like that we just didn't even need to do anything. We go out obviously all, you know, a lot, but we could just be in the house, just laughing at videos, just watching TV or whatever, just having fun, enjoying each other's company. And that came from social media and, you know, TV or whatever. So it could be used as a tool just as long as you're including the person and uh, you're doing it together and you're having fun. It doesn't even matter, man. You could, you could use anything as a tool, man, but just, yeah, I just, that, that was something that came to mind. No, love that. Love that. Like I said, I I can keep going, but I will pause the conversation for now (laughs) until we uh, come back on here again. Are there any projects that are coming up that you want to let the good people know about or um, that dope hat you got on on your crown right there, thefatherbrand.com? I'm doing a quick quick drop for you. I appreciate you. (laughs) I appreciate you. Yeah, man. I mean, so fatherbrand.com and and the four 
is replacing the letter A in father. So F4T-H-E-R brand.com. Um, so yeah, you can definitely get, get some merch there, get some hats there. Um, I need to be more active there, to be honest with you, just with all the other stuff I have going on right now. The brand is kind of the clothing part of the brand has taken a backseat uh, just because there's so much, so many projects going on, man. So uh, what we have coming up is a lot of work with, with Bedros. I don't know how familiar, uh, whoever's watching this, I don't know how familiar you are with Bedros Koulian. Um, he's a mentor of mine. I'm actually not even in my home studio right now. I'm in Bedros' studio right now. And so um, we're doing a lot of work together, um, uh, partnering on a mastermind here later this year. So um, that's going to be awesome. That's going to be exciting. So it's really just stay tuned for more content, uh, more motivation, uh, more embarrassing stories, you know, just something to help uplift you guys, <laughs> make you laugh. And, and just, you know, I hope you enjoy uh, the message that I have to impart. And so that's, that's what you can look forward to. Dope. Appreciate you, Layton. And where can the good people find you on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube? Is it all King Cook with two Ks? Yep, it should be. Yeah, it should. Well, not should be. It is on TikTok and Instagram. Um, on YouTube, it's my first and last name, Layton Cook. Um, but I actually think you can search King Cook and it'll come up there too. But either way, my YouTube is linked on my TikTok and Instagram. So if you find one of those under King Cook, you'll find my YouTube real easy. So yeah, exactly, man. So active on both of them. A lot of stories on on Instagram, uh, TikTok. Uh, posting some stuff there all the time. And so, yeah, man, that's, that's where you can find me. Love it. Love it. Again, Leighton, I appreciate you. I appreciate you for being very open, very honest, <laughs> and very real with with uh, all of the conversation that we had today. Good people, don't forget to tell another brother king or queen about Man to Man so we can keep convos like this going and keep the wellness revolution going. Plus, if you're liking what you're hearing, give us those five stars and leave a dope review. And if there's someone you want to hear, like Layton on Man to Man, connect with me on Instagram at Wazicki, W-A-S-I-C-K-I. Till next week, fam. Peace, love, and forgiveness. Forgiveness.